Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You also probably know me as She Cup. And we are here with the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. I'm super excited to get into today's character deep dive on Adewale. But before we do that, I'm here with my co-host. Yeah, and so I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. All right. Well, so yes, we are talking about Adewale for our character dive um and just before we get i do want to give a trigger warning for talking about racial enslavement and just general historical trauma um just and just a reminder that what we're talking about is actual lived history for an entire groups of people that still exist and are still experiencing the effects of what happened and so i want to be as conscious and recognizing that as I can and so but then here's a trigger warning if that is a trigger for you this episode might not be for you um and that's okay so Adewale was born into slavery in 1692 in Trinidad uh so he worked on a sugar plantation down in Trinidad. Uh, even from a young age Adewale was dreaming of freedom and was a he was afraid to commit himself to the life of a fugitive slave. Basically, he wanted to be free. He didn't want to work in this, but he had reservations about, well, you know, I would be out on my own. I would always be on the run. I would always be looking over my shoulder. And so he has these hesitations of actually wanting to try to run away. However, his wish would be granted in 1708 when he was 16, a group of Pirates raided the plantation he was enslaved to. In the chaos, Adewale joined the pirates, killed his master, and took a box of sugar with him, I guess, as assurance for him to get money. And then for a while, he sailed with his crew, learning the ways of pirate. However, their ship runs aground in Havana in 1715, where he is captured by Spanish authorities and imprisoned on the treasure fleet, where he eventually is freed by Edward Kenway, which we know, and you can play in Assassin's Creed back bag. He is also valued by the Spanish authorities because he can speak English, French, and Spanish. So I have a couple observations that I want to pause and talk about. I looked to see, but couldn't find anything of any kind of reports that slaves in the Caribbean would 
perhaps join up with pirates and things of piracy. I could not find any kind of like mention that in like journals or literature or anything like that. Now, I didn't do a very deep search because of time, but I couldn't find any mention like, and so do you Shelby know in history, like did this happen or is this just something Ubisoft is using as a means to tell a story? I have no idea. Um, I know that there were not a ton of female pirates. Um, so I guess we could kind of extrapolate that and say like, well, if there were fewer women, there probably were fewer people of color as well. But I, I don't really know. I'm just totally guessing here. Um, I feel like Ubisoft is probably just using this as a storytelling device. Mm -hmm. um, and Edward has a quote in the game where he basically, he and Adewale are talking and he's like, you know, you helped me escape this and I need a role for you. And Adewale is like, well, you can't make me any kind of like, you know, have any authority over the other men and the other crew because I'm basically because I'm black and I was a slave. And Edward's like, yeah, most of these men would not accept you as a captain or a leader. So what will it be? And Adewale says, well, I'll be your quartermaster. Yeah. Um, and I would also go so far to guess, like, I'm sure there were a lot of pirates who participated in slavery, um, in the slave trade. So to me, it's like, if that's the case, then there wouldn't be black pirates because those pirates would enslave them. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm also sure like there had to be some black pirates, right? Like there's no way just logistically, culturally that there would be zero. Um, but I I don't think it was a would, would have been a very high number. So another point of like, he is afraid of what running away would do for this lifestyle. But not only does his events of the pirates raiding the sugar plantation set him up as a runaway slave, but he also killed his master, mm. which would paint an even larger target on his back. And so, again, we get this point of like, oh, I'm longing for this. Oh, here's this opportunity. Oh, it's so much worse than I ever imagined. Right. And then this is the last thing that I just found really thing. I don't think this is, I think this is more likely than him being a pirate, but he's very well educated for a slave at the time, being able to be, speak three languages. Uh, and so I, I just kind of want to theorize, like, do you think it's likely that he snuck away and learned these other languages? Do you think he could only speak these languages but he couldn't read and write them. Like, if so, like, what purpose would the slave owners have for teaching him to speak all of these languages? Unless he was like doing more like bartering and other stuff and needed to speak and communicate those languages. I personally don't really think this is much of a, a plot hole. And I don't necessarily think that it suggests education either, because I mean, he's coming from the Caribbean, like he grew up in Trinidad. And so it's kind of, to me, like 
he he probably was around people who spoke multiple languages. Like I think today the official language of Trinidad and Tobago is English. So you can probably assume like, okay, the slave owners would be speaking English. The slaves themselves would have, or enslaved people probably would have been speaking like, you know, some kind of Creole. Um, and maybe he also picked up traditional French too. I don't, and I don't remember if you actually said, yeah, you said English, French, and Spanish. So I, I, I mean, I don't see that necessarily as a plot hole. I think that it was just a more multilingual society than we may live in, in mm-hmm. most some, you know, in our communities, like we don't have multilingual communities, you and I. Um, so I, I don't I, necessarily think that that's that weird. Right. And I guess it does say, and like the researcher I said did say that he speaks it and like the Spanish people keep him and value him as a translator because yeah. he can speak all three of these languages. Um, and speaking and writing and reading are different mm-hmm. because you do learn to speak before you ever learn to read. Um, yeah, for sure. And so that's that. And then so now we're caught up with the events of Black Flag, which we know that happened like Atawale is a part of those things about the uh, part of the search for the observatory and what's happening. And he makes an appearance in Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, And so just a brief kind of like thing after the events of Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry Black Flag, when he does all of that, he goes on and eventually becomes like a mentor in the Haitian Brotherhood. And he is very like well respected by the time you meet him in Rogue. They're like, oh, that's Adewale. Like he is a living embodiment of the creed. He runs around and frees slaves. And so that's a par- point that gets there. But I think now is a good time to cover the mid break. I'm not going to go into great details of the games because they're really great games and the Freedom Cry DLC is really awesome. And if you haven't played it, Shelby, you should go and play it. I will, but I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now. So that's true. Sorry. All right. Let's go to our mid break. All right. Well, let's get into it. Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! You weak fool! Get a job! Christina! Who's there? Me! Oh, it's you! I should have known! May I come in? Fine, but only for a minute. A minute is all I need. Indeed. Well, wait, uh, that came out wrong. Um, So thank you all firstly so much to all of our patrons and people who financially support the show. It is the best way to make sure that we are able to continue making the show. Um, But we do have merch coming in 2024. Hopefully we'll be able to show you some of our designs for the stickers that are coming next year in the Uh, or coming this year, I guess, since this episode releases in 2024. But hopefully we'll have something soon to show you so you can see what you're getting before you subscribe. But um, again, like I said, thank you to all patrons. You definitely genuinely help us continue making the show. Without you, we couldn't couldn't continue. Um, Now, the next best way to support us is by leaving a rating, review, comment, something out there for people to know that our show is something great to listen to. And I 
do have one to read today. This comes from a comment on the Brotherhood of Assassins episode from M. Boyan, and they said, thank you, Professor of the Brotherhood. Um, yes, Austin, thank you, Loremaster. You are the one that always gives us all the information, so thanks for that. Um, and then lastly, lastly is everybody needs to join our Discord. It is the best place on the internet. We have a ton of fun and it's just generally a great time where we are talking about all kinds of games. We are still talking about Mirage a teeny tiny little bit, but mostly we've moved on to Baldur's Gate 3. Um, it, that is just what's dominating everything right now because it's game of the year. So um, come join our Discord. There's... Um, tons of games to talk about whatever games you like i'm sure there's somebody there that also likes that game so come and hang out with us um and i'm not continuing our playthrough updates because i'm not currently playing assassin's creed anymore since we are in Baldur's gate supremacy um but whenever i'm done playing that in a few months probably i will return to assassin's creed um and do some new playthroughs of a new game. We'll see what, what I go back to. Um, so that is, that's the mid-break. Um, Austin, anything to add? No, I don't think so. Um, other than, yeah, come hang out in the Discord and come hang out. Eventually, I will be doing a new game plus playthrough of Assassin's Creed Mirage, just because they did release that. Um, and I want to play through the story again, maybe pick up on some lore things especially because our Basm character deep dive is coming up probably at the end of January. So I want to be fresh on the source material. But other than that, come hang out with us. All right. Uh, well, let's get back into it. Malaka! 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 Unless the legend is a lie, you are the man I long to meet, renowned master and mentor. It's your auditory, the la la la. Franco. Uh, forgive me. I have a hard time remembering that Italian gibberish. I'll see you all at the selection ceremony, ladies. I especially hope you show up. Let me guess. He's rich. All right. So I have some... I know normally, like in our other shows, we do fun facts at the beginning, but I have like where we actually see Adewale such some fun facts. So Ubisoft is not, you know, shy of having people, persons of color be the protagonists of their games. I mean, their first ever one was a Middle Eastern man in Altair. And, you know, we have obviously Adewale, we have Aveline, we have Bayek. We have the main character in the India games. Like, they're not shy of having these protagonists in Shaozhen in China, like, be persons of color. But Adewale is one of three specifically black protagonists in Assassin's Creed. And those three are Adewale, Aveline, and Bayek. And so I, I just wanted to name that, that he is one. Um, and he is the, he is the first black man protagonist of an Assassin's Creed kind of game or story. Um, he also favors a very unique fighting style using a machete and a blunderbust, which a blunderbust is like a precursor to the shotgun, a flintlock, basically kind of shotgun. Uh, and his 
Fighting style favors a much more brutal and strength-based combat style, much different than like the quick and finesse sword play that we have seen in the series up until this point. Um, and I know you can get like axes with and maces with Ezio, but it still kind of feels that like dexterous. But no, Adewale's fighting style is very much like in your face. He is using his force to break bones and break opponents and i said this like bayek precursor because i've always said that like bayek is such a brutal um when you fight with him it feels like brutal combat and so adewale serves as edward's quartermaster throughout most of the assassin's creed black flag uh similar to other first mates or companions adewale will offer commentary on your missions and other going ons of the world now, I also want to note that I looked, and I couldn't find this, so if you know this based on a novel or something else, but Edward never has a first mate. He leaves the position open. And I think this is kind of Edward's own nod, because Edward, I think Edward is a person in the world who is going to have, like, you know, racist tendencies because of the world that he comes in, but I think that Edward in a lot of ways, recognizes people as people, and it will do small things. And I think that if this is true, him leaving the first mate position open is a way of him basically saying, no, Adewale is my first mate. You all will just not accept him as my first mate. So he's a quartermaster, but I'm not going to pick one. I think that's an interesting theory. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just don't, maybe I don't know enough about the differences between quartermaster and first mate to understand the significance. Because I feel like to me, it's like quartermaster is still a person that's in charge. They still have responsibility. They're still technically over higher in the hierarchy over the other rest of just the general people on the pirate ship. So to me, it's kind of like, well, wouldn't they be mad that he's quartermaster too? Um, maybe the quartermaster doesn't sail the ship. So like what the first mate does is like if the captain is unavailable, the first mate is the next in line to take over command. I don't think the quartermaster has that authority to take command over the ship. And I think it depends. Like I don't know a lot about like colonial period, like hierarchy in naval ships because the pirates did a lot of them were privateers which are kind of like mercenaries for naval forces so they all kind of followed a similar hierarchy to the military navy that existed at the time so i don't know how that works but then my my question is to follow up on that like if the quartermaster can't sail a ship or doesn't sail the ship, whatever, and Edward doesn't have a first mate, when Edward goes on land, who sails the ship? I don't know. Again, like this is <laughs> the, the, this is the thing that I this is this is me theorizing based on a lack of information, not information that is presented. Yeah, I understand. I'm just I'm just asking questions because I yeah. I have them. <laughs> right. No, that's fair. But I do think that like. I do think it is something Edward would do if that was the case of what it is of like him just leave that position open. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's out of character. I am just confused by the roles on a ship. <laughs> um, and so 
We also see Adwale serves as the main character of Assassin's Creed Black Flag Freedom Cry DLC, and where he fights against French Templar slave owners and leads a maroon slave rebellion uh, in Haiti, particularly focused in the Port-au-Prince area. Adwale also makes an appearance in Assassin's Creed Rogue as an advisor to the Colonial Brotherhood and is the mentor of the Haitian Brotherhood. Uh, it is also here that Adewale will meet his unfortunate end, where um, he is killed by Haytham Kenway and Shade Cormac. Sad. Yes. Uh, there is a good like scene. Um, it is really sad, and it's kind of like lends to Haytham's relationship with Edward. But Adewale basically taunts Haytham while they're fighting to be like, your father would be so ashamed of what you become and Haytham's response was i wasn't aware my father had a sense of shame mm. well he doesn't he doesn't i mean not yeah. when it comes to i i don't think edward has shame when it comes to like drinking and the things that society says you should feel shame about but i do think he had a moral compass um and his treatment of adewale is evidence of yes. at least a modicum of a moral compass yeah for sure and so I do have some quotes to share before I kind of talk about his personality and his legacy. Uh, so this is one of my favorite quotes that he says to a Templar that you assassinate in Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry. Um, and this is one of the ones that had like really caused a lot of problems. Uh, I've killed many men on principle, but never have I wanted one to suffer as much as you to understand what it is to grasp gasp and beg for your life like the innocence you drowned mm. and then there's an exchange here that i left out but i'll say it anyway the templar is basically like who cares they weren't people it doesn't matter and adawale's response is like you wish that was true and then uh here is one uh edward this is a scene from when and let's see black flag when adawale is leaving uh, edward says shall we set for you're leaving Adewale, I, Edward, for I have another calling elsewhere. When your heart and your head are ready, visit the assassins. I think you'll understand then. Uh, and then Adewale, uh, Bastien, shortly before he leaves, or Prince, I feel a tide changing within me. I am no longer young. I must devote my energy to those who struggle for freedom. I will use my conviction in my creed to defend them alongside anyone who will help me. And then just Adewale in personality, uh, he is a witty stoic. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of reactions, but when he does, they're pretty funny. Um, and a strong sense of right and wrong. A very strong sense of right and wrong. Uh, he will greatly detest any movement made against slaves. Um, if you are fighting a ship that has slaves on it, as Edward, and you hurt it in any way, like Adewale will be mad at you. Um, try, he tries Edward uh, whenever Edward engages with a slave owner, that's not to uh, kill them. When Edward is working with uh, the Sage Roberts and there's some slavery involved, Adewale is pissed and cautions Edward against pursuing the observatory and cautions Edward against what it will do to his own soul to work with such a man. Uh, Adewale has a strong sense of justice and like Con Connor will cut down anyone who stands in the way of freedom. And then in his legacy in 1557, Adewale's son, uh, Babatund, 
had a son of his own, Iosa, who we have talked about before, who also joined the assassins and eventually became an influential participant in the Haitian Revolution. In 1862, young Evie Fry studies the chronicles of Adewale's life, as well as those of other legendary assassins, including Altair, Ezio, Edward Kenway, and Arbaz, all whom inspired her desire to discover knowledge kept within the pieces of Eden. Um, and I think this legacy is an interesting point that, you know, a hundred years later, hundreds of years after his life, um, he is included among the greats of an assassins like Edward, like Ezio, like Altair. Um, these legendary assassins who are way makers and pinnacles of the creed and its history. Yeah, and I think that he is. Um, I think that especially we see this legacy through his son um, and his grandson. I mean, they're they're really like the the movers and the shakers of of getting the slaves freed in Haiti. And so I think that that in and of itself is such a signpost of his influence and his legacy and um, how seriously he took the creed and abolition. Yeah. Um, and so obviously we're, our last question is like, why do you love or hate this character? Um, I, go, I, for one, love Adewale. I loved him from the moment that he appeared on screen and his comments and his just, I think without him, the game loses its sense of morality that it yes. needs to make sense. Um, and like, I love his freedom cry. I was so excited when they announced that the DLC was going to have him as the playable character. Um, and we would go around and, you know, give it to these Haitian slave owners. And it's a really great expansion. I haven't played it in a long time, but I remember really liking it. And there's a lot of interesting mechanics that are in there. Um, and it's just a great overall game. Um, good story. He's a good character, a great addition to the Assassin's Creed. Um, and definitely, as you said, huge and worthy to be considered among the other greats like Ezio, Altair, Edward, these pen these patriarchs of the Assassin Brotherhood. And matriarchs. Um yes. but yeah, I do agree. And I think that it is very true that if we take Adewale out of Black Flag, that game loses all sense of morality because it very much becomes a game about Edward wanting to do whatever he wants to do and then grieving over his friends who have died. Like, that's what the game becomes. And there, there is no other narrative about joining the assassins. There's not another narrative about making a difference in the world, making the world better for, you know, the less fortunate. There is no other kind of narrative about any anything that's like beyond just Edward and his own personal struggles. And I think that that makes a huge difference in honestly the longevity and story of a game. Well, that's all we've got about Adewale. Um go play Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry great DLC. Yeah, I still have to play it. Um 
I think for me, I do like Ed Wale, and I think that he's very important, obviously, as we've we've gone over throughout this episode. But because I haven't played the DLC, I just feel like I don't know him that well, even with this episode. So now I'm just kind of like, I definitely need to go and play this DLC um, for sure. So that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, I think I look forward to you playing that and watching you play that and your thoughts on it. Cool. A great time yeah it will whenever one of these days whenever we get back to assassin's creed that is all right well let's wrap it up um thank you all so much for listening to the assassin's creed Lorecast. we'll see you next time Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. Join me, Jax's sassy lady Romer, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.